Father, we are just so grateful that we can come here and gather together and worship you. Father, with a new year comes new beginnings, new commitments, and may we be resolved that we will follow you more closely than we ever have before. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I think that if we are to, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, or even if we're exploring the Christian faith as a possible belief system for our lives, then I think that there is a question that we have to make a decision about, and it's maybe something that you haven't even thought was necessary to make a decision about, and that is... What do I believe about this book? What do I believe about the Bible? Because it is from this book that we in the Christian faith derive all of our information about our source of truth, about God and Jesus and eternal life and how you get salvation. All of that is derived from this book. And so today we are starting a new series entitled, Can I Trust the Bible? The Bible is the most popular book in the world, and yet it still remains the most controversial. And in this series, we'll seek to answer questions like, can I really trust the Bible? Is it a reliable source of truth for my life? Is it relevant for my life? Can I trust my life? With it. The Bible gives us an incredible amount of information. It gives us a snapshot of what those first few moments were like as God begins to form the world. It gives us a vision of a God who is loving and compassionate and involved. It gives us an image of what it looks like to be a person of Faith, But the most important thing that this Bible does for us who follow the Christian faith is that it gives us a picture of Jesus, of who he was, what he was like, and how we can be like him. Well, good morning, everybody. I um, have never made it a very big uh, secret that I am a skeptic by nature and believing in the whole Christianity thing didn't, isn't something that came naturally for me. And it's been a lot of work, quite frankly, through the years, uh, really, for me to be able to build a faith that I can get behind and really live out authentically. So this morning what I thought I would do is to let you into my head, which is not pretty in there. It's actually a scary place. Uh, But I thought what I'd talk about is how I've actually arrived at my own belief system. And I I want to emphasize that this was just my approach on how I came 
to my own faith, and it doesn't make me right and you wrong. It's just how I determined where I would put my faith and what I would put my faith in. And there will come a point, and you'll have to do this yourself if you haven't done it already, to determine your own belief system, what you believe in, what your source of truth is. And I will say that if you haven't done that, by default, sometimes we can be forced into a belief system that we don't even believe in. Because we just live out our lives the way that it goes. So I thought I'd begin by asking you several questions that really kind of get down to some of the aspects of the Christian faith in terms of determining your own, uh, on your own belief system. And, and I'll just say, I'm not going to ask anybody to like answer these out loud or raise your hand or anything. This is, this is just you. But just answer them honestly. Okay? So the first one is the most basic question of all. The first one is, do you believe in God? Just to yourself, answer that honestly. Do you believe in God? Do you believe that God literally created the world? Do you believe that David really killed Goliath? Do you believe that Jesus was a real man who once lived on the face of this earth? Do you believe that he was the son of God? Do you believe that he turned water into wine? And how could I get me some of that? Because you know that's the premium stuff. (laughs) Do you believe that he really raised Lazarus from the dead? Do you believe that Jesus himself raised from the dead? And do you believe in heaven? And do you believe in hell? So, how many out of ten of those would you say you believe in? I think it would be less than five, more than six, all ten. The issue is this, and this will be the core of the issue that I will address this morning. How can you believe in just one of them and not in all of them? How can you believe in eight or even nine of them and not in all ten? Because the very next question I would ask you is why? Why do you believe in what you believe? What's your reasoning? What is the source of truth that you rely on for your belief system. Let me give you an example. I, I was watching uh, Bill Maher on HBO. Yeah. Who, by the way, I think is a really smart guy. But I'm not an advocate for watching his show because it gets really crass. But he began to launch into the Christian faith, which for those of you who know Bill Maher, he always launches into the Christian faith. He's probably the most vocal anti-Christian person, celebrity that I know. And he was launching into the Christian faith, and he said this. He said, religion stops people from thinking. It is something that was drilled into your head when you were a little kid, and when you become an adult, you should have it drilled back out. He then said, Christianity is a neurological disorder. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting to me, 
based on what we're talking about today. Because he said this, if you are a believer in the Christian faith, then you cannot be somebody who believes in science or rationality. (laughs) The irony is, for me, that later in the program, he said that he believed in God, just not religion. And then he was quoted as saying this, Jesus, as a philosopher, is wonderful. There is no greater role model, in my view, than Jesus Christ. It's just a shame that most of the people who follow him and call themselves Christians act nothing like him. Now, I don't think any of us can argue the last little bit of that (laughs) line. But here's my issue with that. If you're going to be somebody who doesn't live out the Christian faith or belief... That's fine with me. That's your choice. But at least be consistent in your disbelief. If you can make the jump into believing in the existence of a God, or if you can somehow muster enough faith to believe that there was a Jesus Christ, a man named Jesus, who lived on the face of this earth, who was a good man, then by your own definition, doesn't that make you irrational and unscientific? (laughs) The only source, and let me be clear, the only source that Bill Maher could possibly have about Jesus is the Bible. It's this book. While there are a couple references, in historical references in books from historians like Josephus about Jesus, there's just a few lines where Jesus is just mentioned. So it's only the Bible that gives you enough information about Jesus to determine whether or not he was really a good person and therefore whether he was good enough to be a role model. So how do you take a book like the Bible... And you believe it when it says that there was a Jesus who lived, but you don't believe it when it says that he was the Son of God. I don't understand. Wouldn't you also agree that it takes faith to believe in the existence of a God? I mean, there's no scientific evidence to prove his existence, and believing in God, in my opinion, isn't necessarily rational thought. So how is my believing in the Christian faith any less scientific or rational than you believing in God or believing that Jesus was a good man who once lived? I don't understand. And I'm not just picking on Bill Maher here. He's an easy example because he's out there with it. But this is the kind of inconsistent thinking that is absolutely common in our society, where religion, Christianity, gets bashed, but it's not bashed on a basis of consistency or even rational thought. It's just plain old bashing. Getting back to how I built my own belief system, these are things that I had to take into account. These are things that I looked at and considered. And then I began to look at more sources of truth that were out there, things that were purported to be the truth. And so I looked at all of the major religions. 
And while this will be an oversimplification, it will still boil down and get you down to the brass tacks of the issues, because when you break down the major world religions, you soon find out, for instance, that Buddhism isn't a religion at all. It is a spiritual practice. And then you discover that Muhammad actually studied and believed in the Christian Bible before declaring himself a prophet of Islam. When you look at Hinduism, you realize that they accept any truth that you accept as truth. So then, what's the truth? (laughs) And when you look at Mormonism, you're just kind of sitting there scratching your head. (laughs) So what else? If you don't buy into the other world religions... What else is left? What else can I look at as my source for truth? Your opinion? (laughs) I'm not buying that. Bill Maher's opinion? Billy Graham's opinion? Why would I put my faith in any person? They're just like me. There's science. Science is something that you can't dispute, right? Because it's proven. How can you dispute it? But science has not proven anything about human origin or the afterlife. When you study the theory of evolution, there are significant missing links where it takes, quite frankly, just as much an act of faith to make the jump from amoeba to ape to man as it does from virgin birth to son of God to risen Savior. And then I guess that leaves us with atheism, right? Which, if you can get past just the sheer depression of it, I also began to realize that it takes just as much faith to not believe in God and that life is nothing more than a big accident as it does to believe in a God who created the world and all of us. I mean, have you ever stood there as the sun is slowly fading into the western sky and tried really hard to believe that there is no God as you're literally standing toe-to-toe with the creator of the universe? In your heart, what do you know is true? What do you believe? So the issue is that no matter what you choose to believe, And this is important for me. No matter what you choose to believe, it's going to take faith. And the question is, if you're going to put your faith in something, then what is the most reliable source for truth that you know? Seriously, ask yourself, what are you willing to bet your life on? Because that's really what we're talking about, right? That's really what's at stake here is your life. So what's left? By process of elimination, when you sort through all that's out there, all the things that purport to be truth, what's left? 
Now, I will admit to you that I have a natural bias toward the Bible because I was raised in the Christian tradition. But I will also tell you that when I walked away from my faith for several years, my tradition that I was raised in wasn't enough to hold me. It wasn't until I began to build a faith from scratch after going out and looking at all of the other alternatives before I landed on this one truth, before I landed on this one thing that I believed was the most reliable source of truth that I could find. And it's the Bible. And I tried like heck at times to not because there's some things in here I don't want to abide by. There's certain things in here you go, what the heck? (laughs) But there is no more reliable source of truth that I have found than this book. When you start out with a very basic question, what is the Bible? You may be interested to know that the word Bible actually comes from a Greek word meaning scroll or book, which actually is pretty uninteresting. But the interesting part is that it's plural. It means the scrolls or the books. Why is that important? Because we tend to look at the Bible as one single book when in fact it is really 66 separate books that have been written over a period of 1,600 years by more than 40 different authors that have all been brought together under one miraculous binding. So if that's the case, then where in the world did the Bible come from in the first place? I don't know if you remember that old movie, uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy. Yeah, I love that movie. So there was this like African tribesman who was completely disconnected from all of civilization. And he's out hunting one day out in the bush when all of a sudden a Coke bottle drops from the sky and hits him in the head. It was dropped from an airplane. He's never seen a Coke bottle before. He's never even seen glass. So all of a sudden he thinks this is a gift from the gods. And so the whole rest of the movie is him running around trying to figure out where this Coke bottle came from. And I can tell by the looks on your face. It really is a good movie. (laughs) Completely lost. Anyway, a lot of people think like that about the Bible. Like somehow it just fell out of the sky, hit somebody on the head and go, oops, there it is. We have a Bible. Thus, the word of the Lord has fallen from the sky and now we have it for generation from generation. But that's not the case. Let me tell you that it was much more complicated and even more miraculous than that. And so with the little bit of time that I have left today and then into next week, I want to take some time and just give you an overview of how I've come to believe that the Bible is a reliable source of truth. And so with the rest of the time this morning, I'm just going to take a quick overview of the Old Testament. And then next week we'll get into the New Testament. So the Old Testament was written over a period of, uh, was written over 3,000 years ago. And we also refer to it as the Hebrew Bible, 
A, because the Old Testament was originally written in the Hebrew language. B, it was the accepted scriptures of the Hebrew people. In other words, the Old Testament is the Jewish Bible. Here's what I want you to know about the Old Testament. This was the Bible Jesus read. The Old Testament scriptures that I hold in my hand are the same scriptures that Jesus held in his. The stories of Moses and David that we read about as kids are the same ones that Jesus read about as a child when he was in the temple. After Jesus was resurrected from the dead, there was a time when he was here on this earth and he was walking down the road with a couple of men on the road to Emmaus. And in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, it says this, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The Old Testament was always recognized by the people of God as the Word of God. As these same scriptures were passed down from generation to generation to generation for more than a thousand years before they ever hit the hands of Jesus. But the important thing to know is that Jesus himself recognized the Old Testament as being the very Word of God. That is the most powerful confirmation of the reliability of Scripture that I can think of for me. And you're asking yourself, okay, if I don't buy into the fact that he's the Son of God, what difference does it make whether he says this was the Old Testament Scriptures or not? We'll get into that next week. But suffice it to say, for this week, this is the Bible. The Old Testament is the Bible that Jesus read. Now, in addition to that, Let me give you some factual information that I think further affirms that the Old Testament and therefore the Bible itself can be trusted as being true. First of all, there is significant archaeological evidence. I'll give you a couple of examples, not to bore you. The Old Testament makes frequent references to a group of people called the Hittites. Historians were never ever able to find any trace of evidence that proves that there was some group that were called the Hittites. And so the credibility of the Bible was called into question. However, in 1906, an archaeological dig confirmed that the Hittites really did exist, and they discovered not only the capital city of the Hittites, but they discovered 40 other cities that made up the Hittite Empire. The biblical account was proven to be accurate and critics of the Bible were sitting there with their mouths left hanging open. Another example. In Daniel chapter 5, the Bible references a man by the name of Belshazzar as being the king of Babylon. Historians have held that another man was king of Babylon at that time, which was a clear-cut contradiction to the Bible. So historians said, obviously, the Bible is wrong, plain and simple. However, in 1956, archaeologists unearthed three stones that contained an inscription that solved the problem. 
it seems that the man who historians believed was the king of Babylon during this time led his army out to a faraway land to do battle, and in his absence, he appointed his son to sit in as king. And do you know what his name was? Belshazzar. Shazam. (laughs) In the last hundred years, there have been hundreds of archaeological finds, and all of them have supported what has been written in the pages of the Bible. The archaeological scholar Nelson Gluck, who was uh, Time's Man of the Year back in the 60s, he said this, It may be categorically stated that no archaeological discovery has ever, ever contradicted even one biblical reference. Not even one. So when you begin to look at the Old Testament of the Bible from every single angle, it becomes crystal clear. The oldest major religion in the world, Judaism, accepts the Old Testament as being true. The largest religion in the world, Christianity, accepts the Old Testament as being true. Even the founder of the second largest religion in the world, the prophet Muhammad of Islam, believed the Old Testament to be true. Archaeology supports and affirms the Bible is accurate and true. And for me personally, it was very important to know that Jesus acknowledges the Old Testament as being true and the Word of God. Therefore, there came a point where all of my questions washed away and all of my skepticism began to fade and I began to understand that the Old Testament is true. It is the true, authenticated Word of God. Now next week we're going to delve into the New Testament, but for now, take that first step and ask yourself this. Do I believe that the Old Testament is true? Do I believe that the Old Testament is indeed the Word of God? What do you believe about this book? I will warn you this, that the dangerous ground that we are now on dictates that if you accept this book as truth, that means that you can no longer pick and choose what you want to believe about this book. And you have to accept it in its entirety or not at all. If you accept that God created the world, then you have to accept that David killed Goliath and Jesus turned the water into wine. If you believe that Jesus was a good man who once lived, then how can you not believe that he was truly the Son of God and that he raised from the dead when the source for all of that comes from one place? 
For me, this is one of those black and white, clear-cut issues in the Christian faith. It's either all the Word of God or none of it is. Which means that you don't get a pick. And I'll tell you, there was times when I would love to pick. There's times when I'd like to say, (laughs) you know, that can't be true. That's not right. Have you accepted? You accept it as it is. And this becomes the source of truth for your life. You're heading down a path. If you choose to accept this as your source of truth, you're heading down a path that will determine now the way that you live. Eyes wide open. And there will no longer be any excuse of ignorance again. Let me tell you something. I would be one ticked off guy if I came to the end of my life and I realized this whole Christianity thing was a farce. I would be so mad. I would feel so duped. But thank God. The facts check out. All the evidence that we have confirms that the Bible is true. In fact, in every category where the Bible can be tested, it is always tested true. But let me be clear about one thing. There is no science that can prove this true. There is no archaeology that can prove this true. The only thing that can prove this true is in your heart. It's by faith. It's between you and God. Which gets me back to my original question. What do you really believe about this book? Where do you put your faith? Because we all put our faith in something. What do you put your faith in? What is your source of truth that you have based your belief system 